Lions, Bengals, and Bears, none of my guys scared. Chase rumbling, any one of them guys there. Wayne Young and he hungry, I pray we patient with him. I pray he leave with some money, I pray he leave with his health. Yeah, uh, the physical and mental. The thing I like about football is that stats kill opinions. This rap shit, I lick the niggas, I ain't about to knock it. This whole summer, I was buying all the winter product. And I tried being peaceful, but my peace was getting bothered. So no doubt we got them Eagles. We go Carson Wentz, Stefani. Okay, okay, okay. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 192 of Electrified. I am your host, Eric Lyons. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Thanksgiving to you, your beautiful families. Okay, I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving day. I hope you guys have a great Black Friday. Get your shopping done or start it for some if you haven't see look see your boy I, i've been doing my shopping so I'm, I'm on the back end of my christmas shopping because that's just what i do i'm always ahead of the game i don't get played by the game i am the game y'all know that that was hard that was hard but no all jokes aside man i hope you guys enjoy if you're listening to this today i hope you enjoy all of the games i hope you enjoy your family i hope you enjoy the food if you are listening to this after the holiday same goes enjoy your weekend uh your boy i i, I ain't been to work since tuesday I, thanksgiving break started on wednesday for me okay tuesday was the last day of school i've been off since wednesday it's been a blessing it's been great needed a break um but yeah man enjoy it man enjoy your holiday enjoy your family your loved ones um you know your friends spend time with your people enjoy your people okay I mean that, man. Enjoy your family. Do that. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and look, today, I, I don't need y'all to be uploading no pictures and no plates. We know what we eat. We all eating the same thing. I don't need to see it. Not even in your close friends. I don't need to see it. I don't need to see it. I don't need to see that plate. Because especially if it's nasty, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. Only thing I want to see, if, if it's, like, beautiful looking. Like, if the table's set up real nice, cool. But if you're going to take a picture of your little your little uh, plate and, you know, sitting on your knees, you know, I don't want to see that. I'm good. I'm cool. I'm doing the same thing. I'm fine. Um, Tuesday, I asked all my students what they were thankful for. That was nice. It was touching. So, I guess I'll tell you guys what I'm thankful for. I'm th- first of all, I'm thankful for life. Thankful for God. Keeping breath in my body. I'm thankful for my girlfriend, my dog, thankful for my relationship, thankful for my family, my mom, dad, nana, uncle, thankful for everybody in my life, thankful for my friends, the group message, about to get a whole shout out, shout out to Carson, Rob, Morg, Matt, Dev, Dom, Danny Boy, Gavin, I don't think I'm missing anybody, nah, oh, Nick, can't forget Nick, brother Nick, shout out to all of my good brothers in the group message and you know that's we call it the family because essentially that's how we treat each other man like family right so shout out to my boys um yeah i'm I'm just thankful for this podcast i'm thankful to be here today able to talk to you guys um again you know this is something that i don't take lightly man i love what i do i love this show um you know, I know 2022 has been a weird year for the show, but um, I'm still here. You know, I'm still kicking. I'm still pushing. You know, we're still on the road to 200. 
Um, thank you guys for bearing with me and listening through all my my breaks. You know my inconsistency. I, I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for you. More, most importantly, because without you guys, I wouldn't be here. It would be nothing to talk about. It would be nothing. Who my who would I be talking to? Talking to without listeners. I'm, I'm thankful for you guys. Continue to support me over these last um, four years. I, I really do. You know the love. I feel it. Right. Thank you guys for listening, and um, continue to do that, man. I, I really appreciate that. But um, other things I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for sports. I'm thankful for sports, man. Uh you you like you guys remember when you know COVID has shut everything down like. I'm I'm really thankful. Hey hey hey! I'm thankful for sports, man. And I'm one one thing I'm really thankful for is the game. That's the title of the episode, but that was a double entendre. I was really, I could be talking about Ohio State versus Michigan. I could be talking about the game itself. Who knows what I'm thankful? For, what I'm saying, be thankful for. But I think this is my second Thanksgiving episode. I don't think I had a Thanksgiving episode in a while. I don't know. I know that. Maybe was that 18 or 19? I'm not sure. I know that it was 18 because that was when I first started titling the episodes. It was uh, thankful for the game. But I don't know if I... I, I got to look back and see the last Thanksgiving Day episode. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm thankful for Michigan versus Ohio State. I'm thankful for the game, man. It, it, it's, it's going down this Saturday, 12 noon on Fox live from columbus ohio it's going down this is it man this is the game we have all been waiting for right you know dev he's a he's an ohio state fan we got beef this week mobile betting has went live in maryland i got 50 on michigan give me that easy money like this is real life man this is it's time bro it is time we have been waiting for this game we got michigan ranked three ohio state ranked two both 11 and oh clean records perfect records is going down like essentially this is for a playoff spot it's for a playoff spot i think the losers out i think that especially depending on what else happens this weekend one of these teams may not be in that final four when it comes down to it when the, when the committee you know cast their final vote so this game is essential it's in it's important these guys don't like each other coaches don't like each other schools don't like each other i don't like ohio state i'm not even from michigan i've never i don't go to michigan that was my dream school but i hate ohio state can't stand them hate their fans too they're too cocky hate the players never liked an ohio state player not a fan of big michigan guy right here man you already know what time it is go blue you know this is like a a a big boxing match a big title fight it's just so much on the line so much history between these two schools that you can't help but get excited about it. Even if you're not a fan of either schools. Like, even if you're a fan of another school, there's no way you don't get a little excited for this game. Because, just because of the history. And we know it it should be a good game. You know, these last couple of years have been blowouts. But I think this has potential to be a classic, man. These, these guys are going to be going at it. So, let's take a look at the tail of the tape. Let's start off with... Number two, Ohio State. All right, they're ranked number two. They're eleven and zero. This offense is explosive. It's ex- explosive, man. They can score 
at any time. They've scored 70 points, 77 points, and they just don't stop scoring. Like, they are a high-powered video game type of offense. And this all starts with quarterback C.J. Stroud, who is uh, a Heisman candidate. Um, he's a gunslinger. He, he throws the ball very well. He's very accurate with the ball. And, you know, you look at his numbers, 2,991 yards, 35 touchdowns, only four interceptions. 35 TDs, four interceptions is a crazy ratio. You know, he's about to touch 3,000 yards. And it's easy to have those type of numbers and, you know, to throw for that amount of yards when you have receivers like Marvin Harrison Jr., who all season has just been stunting like his daddy. He's a dog, bro. He's a dog. He's made some highlight type of catches. It feels like each game he's making those type of grabs. And he's eclipsed 150 yards in a game a couple times a season. He's the, the top-level threat in that receiving core and on that offense. You know, it starts that, that quarterback wide receiver duo is probably the best in college football right now. And they're dangerous, man. You look at his numbers, 65 catches, 1,037 yards, 11 TDs on the year. These guys throw the ball very well, but they can also run the ball. Uh, they do have a running back, but he's not. I mean, look, I'm not taking anything away from him, but I just think that their offense is really pass-driven, right? It's it's really pass-driven. It's an air-it-out air type of offense. But you can't take away from the work that uh, Mayan Williams has done in the backfield. 107 carries, 783 yards, 13 touchdowns. He's averaging 6.7 yards per carry. So he's toting it, man. You got to watch out for number three on Ohio State. He can run. So you got a high-powered, balanced offense that has just been scoring on people all year. And... They had a close call against Maryland uh, last weekend, but they ended up, you know, closing it out and, and winning by uh, more than two possessions. So they hung tough, right? Maryland hung tough. And, and going into that game, I felt that Maryland was going to fight hard against Ohio State. It was a home game. It's Ohio State. It's a big game. You guys are trying to play spoiler. And they also, Maryland also hung with Michigan earlier in the year. So this did not surprise me. Maryland is a team who... They just have some things to figure out, whether it's at the quarterback position, which I think it is. I don't think that Tua's little brother is that guy. Uh, their defense isn't that bad. They just have to figure some things out before they can consider themselves a threat in the Big Ten. But I knew that they would hang tough with that Ohio State team, and it was a good game. It was a game that Ohio State was pushed to their limit, right? And um, that's how it went. So, you look at the flip side of this, you look at a Michigan team who was also pushed last week to their limit in a dogfight against uh, against Illinois, where, you know, they won at home. It was a home game. Last home game of the season, they only won by two points, 1917. It came down to a Jake Moody field goal at home. And, you know, this is a game where they lost Blake Quorum. They didn't have... Um, Donovan Edwards We'll talk about that in a little bit But A dog fight at home And then th You go back to that Maryland game Week 4 
where they only beat uh, Maryland by seven points, and it was their second closest margin of victory, was seven points and a 34-27 win. Their largest margin of victory being the 59-0 win over, with, over Connecticut. So two teams have given Mar- uh, Michigan problems this year, like real problems, Maryland and then Illinois last week. Other than that, they've been running through teams. Same thing Ohio State has been doing, running through teams. And it feels like this every year where these two teams are just – you know, obviously destined to, you know, be on that path together, play each other, but it's always for something, right? It's always for something big. But this year, I don't know, man. It just feels bigger. It just, it it feels bigger. It feels like there's more on the line. It feels like these teams are at their best right now. And you look at Michigan. This defense hasn't given up 30 points to anybody. Nobody has scored 30 points against the Michigan defense yet. They have a stout run defense. And, you know, their front seven is, they're beefy, man. They, they can hit. The secondary has been all right. But their run defense has been stout. Now, granted, they did give up a lot of yards on the ground last week. But it's more of a bend, don't break type of situation for those boys. The run defense has been stout. But then you look at the offensive side. and it, it, This offense obviously starts in the backfield with Blake Corum. Heisman Kennedy, who was rushed for 1,457 yards, 18 touchdowns. He's averaging 5.9 yards per carry. Now, the only problem here is what is his availability going to be going into Saturday? It seems like they're keeping it on the tuck if he's playing or not or how, you know, uh, you know, in what fashion will he be, like, limited in? Like, how limited will he be in this game? Same thing with Donovan Edwards. Um who's been dirty in the backfield as well. You know, you get hit with Corbin, and then here, here comes Edwards. And they were both, you know, ended up being out last week. But Corm's injury, you know, it's a knee injury, and it didn't look good initially. But he got up on his own power, was able to walk off the field, and then, you know, he got on the bike during the half. And they brought him out for, like, two plays to start the third quarter, but then he ended up being on the sideline the rest of the game. Um, to me, that was a good sign that he was able to walk off the field. And they even put him back on the field. But to me, it was just like, hey, go ahead and have a seat, man. We got the big one next week. That's what it looked like to me. There's no structural damage, which was great. Um, I'm guessing he'll come out with maybe like a brace or something like that on his knee or an extra rat. But I think that he's a go. Whether Donovan Edwards is a go is still to remain to be seen. But then you look at what J.J. McCarthy has been doing since he's took over and became the starter for Michigan. 1,952 yards, 14 touchdowns, only two interceptions. And I say that because J.J. has had problems with deep ball accuracy and accuracy in general. But not turning the ball over, which is a great thing. It's just missing receivers. And I mean missing them wide open. And his connection with Ronnie Bell has been great. But it's the deep ball accuracy, man. He could be... Like, Michigan, they could be airing it out. Like, the because their receivers, they get separation. And I mean good separation. But J.J. has just been overshooting them, bro. You got to put that ball smack on them, bro. Give them a chance to catch the ball. All you got to do is give them a chance to catch the ball, right? But his ability to be a playmaker is really what makes me love J.J. McCarthy and which separated him from K. McNamara. K. McNamara is more of a game manager. You know, he, he's going to get you there, but can he get you over the limit? Can he get you, you know, where you want to be? He can get you where you, he might get you where you 
need to be. But can he get you where you want to be? Right. And JJ McCarthy to me is that guy. He's that playmaker. At any moment, you know, he's escaping the pocket. He's running. He's elusive. He, they they have designed runs for him. And we saw flashes of that last season. But this is the year where JJ has taken that step into the starting role. And I'm very excited to see what he does on Saturday in this big moment, in this big game on the road. Because we're not at home. Last year, Michigan was at home for the game. This year, they got to go back to Ohio State. And we know, you know, Harbaugh hasn't done it. He hasn't done it, you know, on the road. And, you know, his first time was it last year. So this this is a big game for Harbaugh and the boys, right? This is a huge game. And, like, you know, it's obvious playoff implications on the line here. Things, you know, this is huge, bro. I'm so excited for this game. I can't wait. I'm glad it's a 12 o'clock kickoff. I wake up early and, uh, you know, I'll be ready to roll, man. But let's look at the history between these two. Now, look, we know Harbaugh went 0-4 against Urban Meyer in the game. We know that. We know that since Harbaugh has taken over, he has not been very successful against Ohio State. Okay, we know Ohio State has owned Michigan and Jim Harbaugh since the Harbaugh era has started. This is known fact. Now, when Ryan Day took over in 2019, he beat Harbaugh in their first matchup, 56-27. Now, you fast forward to 2020. We all know what 2020 was. 2020 was when life changed drastically for all of us. That's when COVID took over, shut us all down. We came into September. We came into August of 2020 not knowing if we were going to have a college football season. And it did not look like the way it was supposed to look. The season got ruined. And there was a Big Ten conference call. And this is where the hardball and day rivalry took a turn from football to a little more personal. Jim Harbaugh accused Ryan Day and Ohio State of breaking COVID protocol with practices that they shouldn't have had. Now, this Big Ten conference call was very spicy. It was it was a back and forth between him and Day, and then it also leaked into the media. They had, you know, talked to the media about it, and you could just tell that these guys had a sort of disdain for each other. And Ryan Day would go on to tell his players that when they played Michigan that season, they were going to hang 100 on them. That didn't happen because the game got canceled that year because of COVID and all that was going on. Now in 2021, last year, the match, the game was played and Ohio State, in fact, did not hang 100 on Michigan. They actually lost 42 to 27 in the snow. And it was a great thing. You know, Michigan's social media team, they took some great footage and they, they, they paired that footage with Young Dolph's 100 shots, and they tweeted it out and posted 100 points. It was all of us a beautiful thing. Woo! Get chills just thinking about it. So, Harbaugh is uh, this is a big one, man. On the road. You know, you beat him at home last year. Cool. You got your W. Now you got to go on the road. You got to go into their house in hostile territory where you know you are not welcome. When you know everybody is saying that you're not going to win, okay, everybody's already counting you out. You're a big, you're underdog, obviously, because, you know, I had to take the, you, I took the bet. Michigan is an underdog, right? Their dog's going into this game. Guys aren't, you know, maybe they aren't convinced, especially with the injuries that we have. We're not fully healthy. If I, Now, if it was a fully healthy backfield, I'm like, okay, Michigan all the way. But if Cor, if Corum and Edwards aren't 100 or they can't go Saturday, I'm going to be worried. I'm going to be worried because the offense starts and ends with them. Man. 
especially Blake Corm. If he can't go, I'm nervous for this game. But if he's out there and Edwards is out there, I'm good. I'm good. I don't even care if it's in a limited fashion. I think this offense has enough to wear a 50% Blake Corm or 75% Blake Corm or 65% Donovan Edwards is enough to beat this Ohio State football team. I really believe that. I think that this Michigan defense, you know, Styles makes fights. And we got the high-powered offense going up against, you know, the defensive, the more defensive team in Michigan. And I'm rolling with Michigan. And I'll even give you guys a score. I think the final score will be 31-21 Michigan. 31-21 Michigan. That's it. You heard it here first. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I got all my Michigan gears already lined up. It's already ready. I don't know what I'm wearing yet. I don't know if it's going to be the Michigan sweater with the Michigan sweats or the Michigan t-shirt with the sweats. I don't know. I, might, you know, I don't know. I might switch it up. I might do both. You know what I mean? Who knows? Who knows? What I do need is a Michigan beanie. I do know that. I do need a Michigan beanie on my head when it's cold up there. Definitely need that. Um, let's see where we going next. All right, let's talk about the NFL officiating versus the defensive players. I haven't been this bothered watching football games and watching, you know, the NFL officiating crews hound defensive players since that 2018 season when every game it felt like Clay Matthews was getting targeted for a, a roughing the passer. It felt like every game, he whatever he did was a flag. Didn't matter if it was a regular tackle, whatever the case may be. It just felt like Clay Matthews was under fire. Now it feels like every defensive player is under fire. And this is four years removed from that season. Fam, every, if you follow me on Twitter, you know it doesn't matter if I'm watching a Packers game, Ravens game. It don't matter what team I'm watching. I always tweet out. This guy just got 15 yards for playing football. Because that's what's happening. They're getting 15 yards for playing football. It's like you might as well put flags on them. And I know that's cliche. Everybody says that. But at this point, why not? Because these guys can't do anything. They can't do anything, bro. Everything that a defensive player does is a penalty for whatever reason. I said on the Twitter, I'll say it here. Being a defender in the NFL is the hardest job in all of sports. The hardest job. I don't care if you play in the NBA, soccer, boxing, UFC. I don't care. Your job may be hard, but it's not harder than being an NFL defensive back, a linebacker, a D lineman, a safety. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Let's start off in the secondary. Cornerbacks. Fam, the refs are so inconsistent with passing interference penalties, it doesn't make any sense. If you're going to call it, call it every game. Call it every game. It's like they can't touch the receivers. And if a receiver, if they get tangled up, which is an accident because they're running so close to each other, the flags are thrown. And... It happens a lot in home games. If if a receiver gets tripped up with a defender, a cornerback, the crowd will make a noise. 
a side, the side, the home team, the sideline will make a noise, and then here comes the laundry. If that game was played away, the flags probably don't come out. But flags shouldn't come out in that moment either way. If they get tripped up, they get tripped up. That's a no call. Sometimes it's a no call, but sometimes it's 15 yards or a spot foul. I'm sorry. Staying in the secondary with the cornerbacks. You can't, you can't even touch them. If you jump the route or jump, you know, if you're physical with the receiver and knocking the ball down, oh, here comes the laundry. You go back to the Cowboys game when Jair, uh, on one of those last plays in overtime, he had bumped into CeeDee Lamb and, you know, strapped him up. I was so glad I didn't see any flags come out because that was a clean play. In those situations, if the refs want to be the let them play crew, okay, well, let them play all the time. Don't throw it. Don't throw a call a flag week nine and then don't call it week 12 or call it week 12 and then week 17 rolled around you don't want to call it again be consistent that's all i ask bro be consistent stay in the secondary safeties we know the game has changed right the game has changed so much where all the rules are in place to protect the wide receivers we know that i understand concussion protocol concussion safety we want to be safe Right, we want to protect the players, but all of these rules are in place to protect the offensive players. But who who is there to protect the defenders? Who protects them? We know back in the day, guys like Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, R.I.P., um, Dante Hitner, um, what's some other uh, John help John Lynch, right? We Troy Palomalu. We know guys. Used to hit, crash down from that safety spot. I, we dare you to throw deep across that metal. Pow! We can't get that type of action no more. Can't get that type of action no more. Go back last week, Chiefs-Jaguars game. Juju was coming across. And Cisco, he didn't even, not, not Drew Hill, Cisco. No, Cisco that plays for the, the Jaguars. It, it's spelled differently, too. Um, I would like to see Cisco Cisco play football though. Could you imagine Cisco in the slot? Cause Cisco a little dude, but he probably real fast. You know, he real shifty in this video. So you ever y'all ever seen the Thong Song video? When he was walking it, you know, in the air over top of the people. And the footwork in the Thong Song video, fam, imagine Cisco in the slot. His footwork is probably crazy. Fam. Cisco probably getting you, he might give you a thousand in the season. I don't know, bro. I don't know. You know, if Drew Hill, you know, wasn't a thing, I could see Cisco. Maybe he would have went to Dunbar or, or maybe he would have went to, you know, a poly, city of poly and played a little ball. Next thing you know, Cisco in, in the NFL. I don't know, man. I don't know. But back to what I'm saying. He... <laughs> Cisco, man, from the Jaguars, it, he didn't even lunge. He didn't even lean into this hit. It was like Juju ran into a brick wall. Pow! Knocked him out. I mean, he was stiff like a boxer. Stiff. Flags come out. The refs, they looked at it, picked the flags up. It was a legal hit. It was all shoulder. It was damn near shoulder to shoulder. But in a bang-bang play like that, 
It all happened so fast, and that's what it is, a bang-bang play. The refs are assuming anything above the chest is head, and it's not, bro. Some of these players hit with their shoulders, especially in that moment. He, he's not going low in that moment. He's, he's high. He's high. And they always want to blame these defenders, but, bro, they can't, they, don't, they can't control gravity. They treat these players like criminals for just doing their job, bro. Any big contact, any big hit, anything that looks too much like football, it's a penalty. Oh, my God. You just hit him? That's football. That's 15 yards. Oh, my God. Did you just, did you, did you just push the quarterback down? That's too much like football. 15 yards. Wow. Did that receiver just fall when you, when you hit him? Oh, my God. 15 yards. We're playing football. You go back to last week with the 49ers in Chargers game. You got Dre Greenlaw, right? I, I wish this was I was doing this visually so I can break the play down. But you can go on YouTube. You can go look the play up if you if you already haven't seen the play. So Justin Herbert was running, and when Dre Greenlaw went in to tackle him, he had a certain angle. But the angle that he had was for Justin Herbert before he was, like, giving himself up. As Herbert was giving himself up in this, like, diving type of motion, Drake Greenlaw ended up hitting him at the low point instead of the high point where he initially tried to hit him at. So the helmets collided. Okay. If you slow that play down, you can clearly see that. So when they went back to look at it, and then they determined that he was to be ejected from the game, they're dead wrong, bro. Even the commentators were saying that's too much. Why eject? It wasn't on purpose. They can't control gravity, bro. They can't. And it, it kills me because I can tell people who agree with these penalties have never played football at any level. Okay, cool. I didn't play high school football, but I played. I was in high school my last year of rec. I played. It was physical. It was real life. It was it was helmet shoulder pad. It was real rec football. But everybody that played could have been on a high school team. We just played rec that year. It was my freshman year. We're still fourteen. Nobody. Everybody got different. It's all circumstantial. Anyway, point being said, I played the game of football for years. Wasn't at the highest level, but I played it at a level. I played tackle football. I know. That you cannot control your momentum at all times. That was an accident with Greenlaw and Herbert. They ejected him, bro. That's crazy to me. That's crazy. That's not okay. That's not okay. At all. Not okay at all, man. It's not okay. Then you look at... The rough and the passer stuff. That I don't even want to get into because that just we already know you can't touch the quarterback. And if you touch Tom Brady, you're going to jail. Like we already know that. Right. We we know that. But you look at the flip side of it. You look at tight ends like Travis Kelsey, these big ass tight ends. Travis Kelsey can throw a guy down. No penalty. I think it was the Lions and Packers game when Tunyon had, like, was just got a penalty for being big. 
But if that was Kelsey, you know, Kelsey gets it, you know, opposite. You know, the defender will get the penalty, not him. Even in the Super Bowl, oh, that was, but that was Cooper Cup and the linebacker from the Bengals. It's like, oh my God, he covered him so good. That's got to be a flag. It's like, fam, these defenders can't do anything right. They can't, everything they do is wrong. And if an offensive player pushes off or it's just bigger than them, it's a flag on the defender, but not the offensive player. I don't understand it, man. The league, you know, swears they care about player safety. Well, we know they don't. They don't give a damn about player safety. They don't, especially when it comes to stuff like that. And we know they don't care about player safety when it comes to the actual safety of the player of the players when it comes to turf i've been calling for the end of turf since 2015 if you do not know electrified started off when i was in high school it was a cable show on baltimore county's uh channel 73 on comcast and i think it was on fios but it was a studio show i had in my high school stay after school i would talk sports on camera right before it was a podcast it was electrified with Eric Lines. It was on TV. One of the first things I talked about, I think it was the first episode. No, 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 I'm lying. It might have been the second episode. Because I think the first episode I was talking about high school football and some other stuff. But it was a good episode. I was talking about the Turf Monster. I talked about how I've seen somebody in real life, you know, somebody I know had an ACL on Turf. I talked about APs dealing with his knee injuries on turf and just the amount of turf injuries that it was already happening in 2015. This was seven years ago. Seven years ago. Seven years later, we continue to see the turf monster claim victims. And it's not a joke. It's not a joke. Football is meant to be played on natural grass, bro. Natural, real grass with soil underneath it. That's that's where f- football is meant to be played, man. Turf has no give. You can't dig in. You can't dig in. You can't put your spike in turf because you know what's under turf? Cement. It's not real. They're rolling this turf out on cement, right? They're rolling it out. It's not real. It's nothing under there. It's nothing to support you under there. It's nothing. It's nothing, bro. It's not safe. You can't make hard cuts. Can't dig in and make a cut. You might tear your Achilles, tear your ACL, your MCL sprint. It's all bad for business, man. It's all bad for business. All bad for business. Turf is just playing on carpet with those black beads that your favorite barber fills your hairline in with. That's all turf is, man. It, it's not real. It's not real. It's not. Think about when you are running across your carpet, right? You can't you can't dig in your carpet. You can't t- make a sharp cut on carpet. You're going to slip. It's no give. It's no give. And the numbers, you know, to support... The case that the players in NFLPA has against turf, they're there. The amount of non-contact injuries. The amount of injuries on turf versus non-turf. 
And then you look at fields like Landover and MetLife, which have turned into Turf Monster Graveyards. Thank God MetLife has finally seen it, and they're going to be turning over to natural grass. But think about all the injuries we've seen at Landover. Non-contact, too. That shouldn't even be a thing. Guys shouldn't be running down the field, pull up, and tear the ACL just because they were walking on turf. Practice. You, you tear the ACL on turf. That shouldn't be a thing. These owners, man, they don't care about player safety. All these owners care about is making money. All 31 in the owners in the NFL, they don't give a damn. All they care about is the amount of revenue they bring in. Putting asses in seats. Winning games. They do not care about player safety. They could, they could care less. They not out there on them fields. They only go out there walk the turf. They not running on it. They don't care about it, man. They don't. You can't convince me otherwise. Because if they did, they would all be like, yeah, we do need to switch a natural turf for the love of the game, for the safety of the players, for the safety of the game itself. Because without the players, you don't make money. You don't. They ha and, and the crazy thing is, they have the money to do so. They just are cheap and refuse to do it. Y'all know damn well Jerry Jones Got it. And speaking of Jerry Jones, I don't know if y'all saw the picture of Jerry Jones back in the day, back in Little Rock, during the during the time where desegregation was happening. But uh, apparently, Mr. Jerry Jones is on the front lines uh, being a racist boy when he was fourteen, trying to tell the 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 black children not to come to his school. I didn't know that, but that just goes to show you that that was not long ago, and these people still walk amongst us today. Remember that. But I know he got it, man. He got it. I know Robert Kraft got it. I know all these owners got it. They do. But they refuse to do it. The amount of lower body and open field injuries, would, it would just go away, bro. It would go away. Guys wouldn't be tearing their ACLs from just walking. It's nasty out there, man. It's nasty. Turf is trash, bro. It's trash. And who who wants to play on that anyway? I hate the black beads. They get into places where they ain't supposed to get into. They're annoying. It's slippery when when it's raining out. It's just, it sucks. Turf, turf sucks. Turf should not be a thing. Honestly, bro. Football should not be played on carpet. Football should be played on natural grass. Point blank, period, bro. Point blank. Point blank. Um, do, 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 let's see, let's see, let's see. I won't hold y'all too long. Um, my plan, I, now look, I could talk about, matter of fact, let me see. It's only one thing that I might not talk about today. One, two, three. Uh, hmm. I'll I'll tell you what I'll save that I'll save that for Saturday. What else? Yeah, I I can I can do another episode this weekend. I can pump that out this weekend. I can do that. I can do that. All right. So one more thing, and I'll get you guys out of here. I just want to say that there is no MVP race for the NFL. There is no MVP race. There's no race. It's Patrick Mahomes. 
that 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 than everybody else. That's it, bro. That's it. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. I'm I I can't not see it anymore. I can't not I can't not agree with that. I can't deny it much longer. He's the best. He's the best. He's the best. He is the best. He's him. Hemi Turner. Him McGraw. Hemi Neutron. Hemothy McVeigh. He he's just him. Him Ross. Him Jones. Mm. Mm-mm. He's him, bro. The way I used to feel about Rogers, like when I was younger, and Rogers. Listen, man. I, I, I know Rogers back to back MVP. I love Rogers to death. He will always be my quarterback. But that mystique of, you know, he showed it last year a little bit when we played the 49ers um, in that regular season game, you know, with too much time left on the clock. That mystique that Rogers had, that's how I feel about Mahomes, man. And I, I was a hater. I'll admit that. I hated on the Chiefs last year, but. And going into the season, but I can't. I gotta. You gotta appreciate greatness, especially while it's happening right now. You don't want to appreciate it too late, you know. And I don't not like Mahomes. I like Mahomes. I just. I think. Uh, we've all gotten ruined by watching Tom Brady, and you know dynasties for so long. It just got so tiring, and I didn't want to see that again. But I like Mahomes, bro. It's nothing you can do to take it away from him, but. That mystique that Rodgers has had and maybe has still, we got to see if he can get rolling this weekend. But Mahomes, it just feels like at no at no point in any Chiefs game when you feel like it's over. Like he, you always have a chance with Patrick Mahomes. I don't care if it's forty five seconds or fifteen seconds. I Bazooka man is gonna get that ball down where you need it to be at. Whether it's field goal range or scoring or, you know, a chance for six. And, you know, this all started back when they came back over to the Texans a few years back. And he hasn't looked back ever since, bro. The way he extends plays is just otherworldly. The touchdown he threw against the Bucks earlier this year when he was scrambling, which felt like he was scrambling forever. And it looked like he was about to run it. But then he stopped at a dime. Like 0.5 inches away from the line of scrimmage, which was crazy, and just threw a touchdown, like it was nothing. Like what? And then when he runs, bro, he's so slow, but they can't get him. I'm just like, fam, he just scooting down the field on people. He's ridiculous, man. He's ridiculous. Before the season started, I said Mahomes and Rodgers would actually be better without Hill and Tay. Because they would be able to spread the ball more. Well, I was half right. But the reason being, the Chiefs, they went out, they got Juju. They got MVS. They traded for Kadarius Toney, which was a great trade for them. Because he is a hell of a receiver. They made sure that Mahomes would still be Mahomes, man. They made sure he was comfortable. They they made sure, all right, they're like, look, we're going to lose our best receiver. But let's put some more around you. Let's put some more receivers around you. Let's keep you comfortable. Let's keep you confident. The Packers brought Aaron Rodgers, Sammy Watkins, 
and said, good luck and God bless. That's the story of his life. <laughs> That's the story of his life, man. That, that, that really is. The Packers, I've never seen a franchise, an organization be so anti-franchise quarterback. They, it's like they hate him. They don't trade for big names. They don't go out and get big names of free agency. They they barely draft receivers. It bro, I've never seen it. And and when we talk about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, that's the story we will t- I will continue to tell, man. The Patriots, they took care of Tom Brady. Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, they bring him the keys to the freaking city. Rodgers ain't never got that treatment, bro. Never. But back to Mahomes. They did that they did that for him. Same thing in Kansas City. Kansas City, they know what they have. They know they have a star in Patrick Mahomes. They know they have a once-in-a-lifetime type of quarterback, and they want to win games and win Super Bowls with him. You look at his numbers this season, 300, I mean, 3,265 yards, 28 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. I really don't care what Jalen Hurts is doing. I don't care what any other quarterback is doing right now. I, fam, Josh Allen, to me, has fallen out of that candidacy. I, it's Mahomes, bro. It's Mahomes. And we got... What? Six, seven games left, something like that? He could go he could go for forty. He could go for forty five. But yeah, dog, Pat Pat is him, man. I might I might need me a Pat Mahomes jersey. I might need me a red fifteen, man. Definitely. But uh that's all I got for y'all. So here's the thing. Here's the deal. I'll be back Saturday. We're gonna talk more on Saturday. Alright, new episode also on Saturday, but Make sure you guys enjoy. No, I'm lying. I'm not going to be back Saturday. It's too close already. So I'll be back Monday or Tuesday. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in, man. Um, Happy Thanksgiving once again. Enjoy this episode. Let your family listen to it. Uh, Yeah, that's all I got for you guys today, man. Uh, For the 192nd time, I'm Eric Lyons, and you have just been electrified.